Today, we look at photography in the abstract on Behind the Shot. Hi, welcome to another episode of Behind the Shot. I'm Steve Brazel. Thanks for joining me. I've got a lot of information I want to get to with you today, and I've got a fantastic guest. This is going to be the second episode in our series with Red River Paper, where we're exploring Red River Paper and the the uh, the current state of photography education. And Red River Paper has an education program where they team up with certain education programs for photography around the country at universities and colleges and provide paper for these students to learn and print images. I'm a firm believer that until you hold your own art in your hand, it's just not kind of the same. So what we're doing is each quarter throughout this year, I'm teaming up with Red River Paper and I'm getting on either a professor from one of those EDU programs that team up with Red River Paper or a student and they're going to be a normal guest on the show. And we're also going to do a contest. Now, the first contest that we did started in December with the first episode with Red River Paper. And the image was by Carl Eric Voslog. It was a beautiful seaside uh, image of Norway. And we've got our winners. We finished that contest on January 31st. We've got the winners, 10 Red River Paper sample packs. So I want to congratulate these people. Uh, Brian Duncan, Jim Anderson, Terrell Woods, Mark Soderland, Jonathan Yost, Jeremy, I'm going to butcher your last name, uh, Jeremy Tapaski, I'm hoping, uh, Joanne Bellew, and then I've got two that I haven't reached yet, John Crams and M. Moia. Hopefully, they'll hear this and reach out to me. They've got a certain period of time to claim that thing, but, but to all of them, thank you very much for entering. Of course, we've also got the grand prize winner, and for the grand prize winner, they get a custom 13 by 19 print of this image from Carl Eric, and uh, it's printed courtesy of Red River Paper. So I want to say congratulations to Michael Walton. You win the print and the Red River Paper sample pack. So to everybody, thank you very much for entering. And with this show, we start the second Red River Paper contest. Now, a couple of things. If you want to know the rules, go to the website. It's behindtheshot.tv. Under the contest page, we give all the rules, and they have changed a little bit. I'm going to let you go there to read them, but I'll give you a short kind of summary. Follow Red River Paper. Follow Behind the Shot on whatever social media you're entering on. Follow both of us. So if you're doing Instagram, if you're doing Twitter, if you're doing Facebook, follow both of us on the outlet that you're going to. Do a post of your own. Put one of your pictures in there if you want to. Simply saying that you have a chance to win a Red River Paper sample pack from Behind the Shot podcast. Make sure that you tag both of us so that we can find it and get you entered into the contest. Include a link to the contest page, and here's your hashtag this time around. It's RRP, as in Red River Paper, RRP Sample Pack. Hashtag it, RRP Sample Pack. Again, you can include your own photo if you want to on Facebook when you post the link to the contest page. It's going to create a preview that's fine too. This contest is going to go through the end of March. So again, head to the website behindtheshot.tv and uh, you can find all the rules up there. And that brings us to today's guest. So I kind of ran through that quick because I want to get into today's guest. I have a lot of questions that I want to ask this young lady. Again, to everybody, first of all, thank you for joining us for Behind the Shot. This is the podcast where we try and get inside the mind of great photographers by taking a closer look behind one of their shots from conception to completion, the stories, the challenges, and all of that type thing that happened in between. And in this Red River paper vein, where we're teaming up with their photography education program, today we've got a wonderful student, Louise Eisenhart. Louise, how are you? 
I'm great, Steve. Thanks for having me. It is my pleasure to have you. And you are, I'm on the West Coast. You're on the East Coast, right? Exactly. Yes, New York. So let's start with a little background on you. You are in school. You're you're a student at one of the schools that is a Red River Paper uh, partner for education. And that is the The Fashion Fashion Institute of Technology, their photography program in New York. Yes. Your type of photography, I when I first saw your your Instagram account, uh, I saw basically a fashion fine art photographer. Is that how you describe yourself? Yes, it's how I describe my work. Um, I don't know if it talks a lot <laughs> to most of the people, but I cannot call it fashion and I cannot call it fine art. So it's a combination of both. Yeah, and it is. You have a lot of fashion subject matter, as it were. Yeah. But then you you uh, you twist and turn that subject matter in such a way as to make me want to print it large and hang it on my wall. That's that's the fine art part to me. Now you have an accent, so I should at least for those of us in the states. Uh, so I should mention you're born in Switzerland. Yes. But as we've come to discuss before uh, we went live here, Louise Eisenhart, your name is French. Exactly. And how long have you been studying photography? Um, at the Fashion Institute, four years almost. Oh, so uh, you're almost done then? Yeah, yeah. It's my last semester, actually. Okay. So I have a question for you then that I'm always curious about because people come to me and they say to me, do I need a formal photography education? And my, my response is nowadays in almost any area of life, if you're talented, you're going to make it, right? But we teach ourselves only the things that we know exist. I I think the old quote was a Steve Jobs quote of, you know, if you asked people if they wanted a car, they would have said, I don't know what a car is. I want a faster horse. They don't, they don't know what they don't know. So I'm curious with you being kind of embedded in, in today's photography education, what, what do you think of the state of formal education for photography right now? I think it's always important to have a background uh, knowledge and to see what happens uh, today in the photographic world. Um, Of course, you could do this by yourself, I suppose, but, and you also meet people. I think the fact of studying it brings you to meet people and um, it helps for the contact you will have after uh, once you finish your studies. so, so, so the social it. end, I'm, I'm curious about that one, actually. Which is more powerful, the, the social side of formal education with other students or the social side of formal education with those people that are, you know, on the educator end? I think both, um, because regarding the students, uh, we always push us forward. So I guess that's important for the, the moral side of it. While for the teacher and education, um, they have already a, a foot in the, in the artistic world and uh, they can help us uh, once we graduate and to, to, to start working actually in the field. So more of a but, connection than a... Well, I, I, I guess that's a support is. system yeah. too. Um, yeah. When you went, when you went into photography, before we start getting into your image, when you started going into photography, you know, full on, right? I want to study this. I want to make this my living. I want to be an artist. 
did you envision that it would be the type of photography that you're doing? I mean, for that matter, I guess a good question would be, was it always, was your, your artistic outlet always photography? But assuming it was, did you envision the type of photography that you're making? Not at all. Um, actually, I think the first, the first photography class I took, uh, I was 10 years old. And then I got, it was, it was uh, on film. And then I got my DSLR. I was 14 years old. And at that time, I did a lot of photo shoot with friends where I kind of did what I'm doing right now. Um, but when I started FIT, I was more into um, street photography. And, That's an interesting uh, change then to go, well, actually, you know, now that I think no, about I it, think. some of your shots are very street. They are. And yeah, so I think what I, what I enjoyed about, about street was actually the people in it. And that's what, that, that's why I'm, I'm doing now. Like I'm always shooting people for the, in the, in the fashion way, but um, yeah, it's, it's kind of funny. I, I still enjoy do, doing it right now, the street art, or at least I think it helps me to, to set my, um, my uh to 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 prepare my sets right um whenever i shoot outside so are there are there photographers that aside from professors and stuff like that right you as an artist now and look at again look in people go to behind the shot.tv look at the blog post associated with this episode and look at some of her work and then she, she's got a website that should be live by the time we do this and her instagram feed and you'll see what i mean you're an amazingly talented artist. Are there are there artists out there that inspire you that you look up to that you you can think of? Yes, uh, there are plenty actually, um, but more on the traditional photographer, I would say. Okay, like like who? Uh, like Sarah Moon. Okay. Um, Paolo Reversi. <clears throat> um, well, Elmut Newton, Guy Bourdin. Um, for most recent one, I would say Elisaveta Porodina, which is a Russian uh, photographer. And um, so, kind of spanning the gamut, then, though. Yeah, because they're all a little bit different. Some I didn't know, but some of the ones, the names I recognize, they're they're slightly different in what they shoot. Let, let's talk about your work. So, as we get into your shot, I do want to mention that as this is a Red River paper education program, partner school show. Uh, Luis has been so kind as to let us use this image as the contest image. So again, for the contest that we're doing this time around, starting with this show, 10 people have the opportunity of winning a Red River paper sample pack. I have one over here. I love their paper. I'm not just saying that. And then also the image that we're going to talk about today is going to be the grand prize where somebody has a chance to win a custom 13 by 19 print of the photograph that we're discussing today, courtesy of Red River Paper. So let's talk about this shot for just a second, because this is the example. This is a perfect example of what I mean when I say that as I was looking through your Instagram feed, I saw fashion, but I saw fine art. Because this is all of that. So let's start here. This image, uh, you do have a title for it. What's the title? Uh, silence. Okay, Silence. What was this 
I found out today before we went on, this is kind of an unusual quote unquote photograph. What was this shot with? I was shot with a Canon 5D Mark II. Okay, a 5D Mark II lens, do you know? Yeah, lens 24 by 70 uh, Canon. And what about exposure? Uh, The exposure was F8, if I remember correctly. F8, okay. And when I say that I found out that this was unusual is this was not shot as a still. No. So it was a video uh, for a project that I made. It was... Um, nothing crazy. It was just like a one minute video of slightly movements uh, to see the movement of the dress actually. Was it a project for class? It was a project for class, yes. Okay. So the, the project was to assemble um, uh, a video with some audio. Audio, sorry. And so a writer I know uh, wrote um, a text for this particular uh, video. And silence actually is the first uh, term, the first word uh, in, the, in the text. So I kept it this way. Um, but yeah, after, after looking at the video, I just, I felt like everything was said in, by this frame. So that's so why you I cut captured it. a frame. See, this is, this is one of the reasons that I think it's interesting that we have so many hybrid photographers now, right? That you have to understand video at least. Like I, I'm a big still fan. I love just staying in the still world, but you have to understand the things that, that video brings. And part of what video brings, if nothing else, is inspiration, right? You watched, you shot it as a video, but in watching it back, you ended up seeing a still in your head. And, mm-hmm. and I love that. But obviously I'm guessing, and correct me if I'm wrong, it wasn't looking like this in the video. So it was a normal video of a woman walking by or was the video affected like this? So there's a plastic sheet in front of, uh, so the subject is me. It's actually a self-portrait. And there's a plastic sheet right uh, in front of me and a fan that is right in front of me too. And um, at this particular moment, the fan was pushing the plastic and moving the dress like this. So there's uh, kind of barely any retouches uh, on this image. Oh my, okay. People, this is why I wanted to have Louise on. This is what formal education does from the creativity point of view. This is nothing what I expected you to say. (laughs) So you shot a video with you moving behind a vertically mounted sheet of plastic. And I yeah. should, for the for the audio people, let me try and describe the image. I have a video feed and an audio feed. So for the, I don't know how to describe this. This is going to be really hard. <laughs> so now we know it's, it's Luis and it's a side profile, her left side. She's got a hat on. She's got a beautiful black dress that's flowing off the bottom right of the screen. The front of her and background is, is more off-white. Um, with some shading and it, it it almost looks as though it was brushed with a Wacom tablet in Photoshop to turn into fine art. Um, that's the best that I can actually describe it for people that are just listening to audio. Again, as usual, if you're an audio listener, head to the website behindtheshot.tv and see the picture. That's probably your best bet for this. So the camera's on one side of a sheet of plastic. You're on the other side of the sheet of the plastic. I need to understand what made you even think of that. 
Um, so I do a lot. Of, I used to do a lot of blur uh, for my pictures, and I wanted to try and doing it on in another medium. So I tried video, and I was thinking about how can I directly have this blurry um, effect. So there's actually that plastic sheets. Uh, the focus is made on the plastic sheet, so that's why I'm a little blurry. How f okay, and give me give me a spatial idea. So you've got the camera. How far yeah. from the camera is the plastic, and how far behind the plastic are you? So can you see the white on my arm? Yes, I was wondering picture? about that. That's uh, my arm touching the plastic. Oh, so you're right so on I'm the really, plastic. I'm now, really how far close. is the camera from the plastic? Maybe three foot, three feet. So this is all say. really tight. Yeah. But the yeah. F eight, I'm guessing if you had if you had shot a wide, I'm I'm deconstructing this in my head now. If you had in some way shot at a you know F two eight to to quote unquote get more blur, it would have been so blurry there would have been no shape to you. Mm -hmm. So the F eight while you're getting the blur from the plastic maintains enough focus yeah. to give, exactly. did you try other apertures and they failed or did you just do F8 and it worked? Um, I tried, uh, I tried others and uh, I think this was actually my second, second shot. So uh, oh, this is I got lucky, I guess. <laughs> no, I don't think it's luck. I've seen your work girl. I don't think this is luck at all. So, you had this vision in your head, which kind of answers yeah. one of my questions was what was the pre-visualization on this? But leaving this shot for a second, I want, I want to talk about something that this shot kind of made a connection to me. Whenever I have a guest on that I don't know, I go through their, their site or their Instagram, in your case, Instagram at the time. And I kind of look for commonalities. I think most people could learn a lot about themselves as an artist by removing themselves from the work of, I remember shooting that and kind of more generically looking at their body of work, scrolling through their Instagram feed, looking for commonalities. And there's something that I see as a commonality, a couple of them in your work. And actually I do want this shot up as I, as I do this, there is an amazing in all of your work sense of space. Now, when I say sense of space in this image, it's fairly obvious, right? The framing, where you are in the frame, you're slightly off rule of third, but the way the dress, I mean, I'll, I'll go into this in a minute, the w w position of the dress, where the dodging burning look type is, whether it's real or not. Sometimes you do your sense of space by using reflections or mirrors. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes you do your sense of space through motion and blur. But in all those cases, you've got a really strong sense of subject in a space. So while they're not environmental, as it were, they they carry the environment. Am I making any sense at all? Yeah, um, I guess I see what, what you mean. Um and, and sometimes your sometimes your subjects are are uh what's the word I'm looking for? Uh just people in a in a parking lot or on next to a car. Other times your subjects are rather provocative. But in all cases, you do something I think more people, myself included, need to do. You use, you use space as an actual design element. Now, I don't know, is that, if, is that conscious to you? Um, 
<laughs> it became conscious today while uh, I was uh, writing my um, my bio and artist statement for my website, actually. <laughs> so which and again, what what's your what your website as we're recording this isn't live, but it will, it will be very be shortly right after. What's your website? Yeah. I'm sorry. What's your website going to be? Uh, it's going to be, it's going to be, uh, as far, as far as your, your domain name, what's your domain name? It's louiseisenhart.com. Okay. Which makes it really, really easy to, to get to. So I wanted, I want to explore the blur in this image and in a lot of your images, um, you use blur in such an unusual way. Like I say, it's, it's, it's a design element. Sometimes it's to, it's to hide the provocative. Other times it's to hide the obvious. Now these are me on the outside looking in. I don't know that you see this, but when you did this image with the plastic or some of the other ones that you do with the blur, what's your idea of the blur? How do you see the blur? Um, cause it's not, uh, when I say blur for the people on audio, it's not out of focus. I don't mean that you have to see the image. Blur. It's, okay. it's blurred artistically. This isn't one of those, you know, what's, what's the old line? Um, one blurred image is a mistake. 50 blurred images is a style. Well, that still tends to indicate you missed focus, right? That's not this, right? Luis is, is doing these in such a way as to use it as an element. So, so when you do this type of work, what are you thinking for the blur? To be honest, um, and it's kind of funny, but I'm uh, short-sighted. So it's actually the way I see what I have in front of me. <clears throat> and when I do the blur, I'm just trying to um, uh, retranscribe this uh, perception of the world uh, as I see it in my daily life. So, so yeah, that's why I, I, I shot blurry. Uh, I shoot blurry most of the time. What's the what's the thing with the mirrors then? Because you do in a lot of your image. Well, I shouldn't say mirrors, reflections. Let's do it that way. I mean, a lot of them are mirrors. Okay, um, but I think some of them were windows or something like that. Um, what's the reflection thing that? What draws you to reflections? Um, so by looking at all my work, um, I realized that there was a a common thread, which was all of my pictures. Uh, doesn't seem like they belong in this world. Um, they seem like they happen in in a, a imagined dimension, kind of a parallel dimension. And actually, the mirrors and the reflection um, play the role of. It's um, Simone de Beauvoir in one of her uh, books says that the moment a child recognizes itself is when he recognizes uh, his. Uh, reflection in a mirror and so it's the passage from childhood to kind of like being someone and that's the moment i'm going for See, like this, this is moment in between this is interesting because this is when you talk to you know serious artists i mean of all genres of art inevitably they'll say there's a piece of me in everything i've created right and that's, it makes sense now, uh, looking at your Instagram feed, how personal every one of those shots is uh, as a connection to you. This this image, I, I talked about composition and I, I didn't want to get too deep into it earlier because I think this image needs a lot of discussion on composition. 
So I already mentioned that the model, you, clearly identifiable, even through the abstract, right? I love that. Many people would have gone so blurry, you couldn't, but here I can see the dress, I can see the hat, I've got a sense of neck, I've got a sense of arm. Um, I love that. Compositionally, though, the fact that you are slightly leaning back, I don't know what the crop was done on the screen capture. Did you crop the screen capture or is this right off the film? It's pretty much like this on the film. Okay. Uh, Maybe just a little bit. The dress bleeding out the bottom corner makes the composition. If that dress was any lower or any higher, you wouldn't be anchored to that backside of the, the frame. In front of you, it's very, very light, off-white, very evenly light, giving you room to look into, room to walk in, right? But in the back of you, where the dress goes off the frame and above it, is darkened as though you're coming from somewhere out of somewhere. It's a super tight crop to the hat, which would mean that it would be hard to frame because you'd have to frame part of the hat. But on a canvas or on a, on a dry mount or something like this, this I could I could see this huge in a Manhattan, you know, apartment type thing. It, it's so fascinating. So let's talk about some of the stuff that I just did here. The back side of the frame is clearly in the top right, the right side of the frame, top right and, and right edge darker than the left side of the frame. Was yeah. that also naturally captured in camera or is that something that you yeah. did do in post? No, I, I placed on the wall um, a cover, a beige tone cover, a little um, darker than the white of the wall. To so where is that, that in conjunction to you? That's behind me. So, so you, there's the wall. Okay, so you built a 3D set with textures and shades in yeah. before you shot the video? Yeah. Really? That sense of like dimension in it, yes. Oh my gosh. So I'm going to sound stupid here, but do you do any processing? Um, when I feel like there's something that needs to be done, I do. What software uh, do you use? Uh, Adobe, Adobe Suite, Lightroom and Photoshop. Lightroom and Photoshop. So like the, yeah. the, the photo plan, okay. In general... Forget that photo for a minute, okay? Because okay. <laughs> I got I to gotta digest that one. Some of your other work that are standard still photography. In general, what would you do to an image? Uh, tones. Color First tones or, sh- or shade tones, like curves or both? Uh, well, I started with Lightroom. Um, I add contrast. I take off a little vibrance most of the time. Why? Um, I. It's a good question. I guess is that your street background like, going close to black and white, but not all the way? Maybe, maybe because at first I I I, I never shot color before uh, two years ago, I think. And uh, Wait a so I went progressively. You, oh, because <laughs> you were doing street, so you were doing everything black and white before. Exactly. Okay, that makes more sense. All right, so some vibrance down. Do you do most of your stuff in, in Lightroom or do you do a lot of it in Photoshop? Uh, no, Photoshop, it's more, um, it's more subtle, subtle things when uh, I need to retouch maybe a skin or, or something like this. But the color 
or the tones part is mostly done in Lightroom. So what about, are you a plug-in person or a preset person? Uh, preset. Okay, yeah. so you do have some presets that you use. Yeah. So do you do a lot of cropping or do you try and get your crops exact in camera and never crop them after? No, I do sometimes. <clears throat> okay, um, so before I get back into this image, you go out to do a shoot. You have a vision in your head. Well, let's talk still photography for a second. You go out to do a shoot like some of the ones with mirrors or some of the other stuff. So, oh, okay, now I have to ask. Darn it. The mirror ones where it's like split mirrors, but you see a person in each mirror. Yeah. Are those shot live or are those composited, overlaid in Photoshop? Shot live. You're an amazing. It took yeah, an okay. hour, I think, to get People, this one. People, you got to but... go look. I'm just saying. Some of these are in the gallery on the blog post at BehindTheShot.tv, but you got to go look at, at her Instagram feed and her website when it's up. Um, so you go out to do a shot like that. How many shots might you shoot in total for a shoot? It totally depends. It totally depends on um, if it's a mirror one like this, <laughs> the one you just said. Right. Um, it takes way longer uh, to have exactly the way uh, the things I want the way I want it. I mean, are, are we uh, saying when you come back and you ingest your card, are you pulling in a hundred images or are you pulling in a thousand images? Five hundred. Five hundred images. Okay, so you shoot to give yourself yeah. what you need to work with. Exactly. You get those images in your computer. Uh, to cull them and pick your picks. You do that in Lightroom? Yeah. What do you, are you using a star system, a color system? Color system, yeah. Okay. How many, how do you do that? How do you, how do you make your picks? Uh, first of all, I do no, no picks. I just looked at all of them. You go through and the whole uh, thing to get kind of size it up. Exactly. And then um, I think I most of the time already have kind of an idea in my head because uh, I like to see as I shoot my images uh, directly on the camera too. So I have like kind of an idea where I'm going. Okay. Um, but, and I also like to um, ask for advice because I feel like if it were going to be just me, um, I think my, my opinion would be a little biased sometimes. So who do you get so feedback from? Uh, mostly my mom. Oh, I like that. Okay. Yeah, she's a photographer too, so it helps. Uh, and friends, other otherwise, but most okay. of the time is. So, going back to this image for just a little bit here, for this specific image, because you said that that there wasn't a lot done to it. What would you have done to this? Do you think, or do you remember? Um. I think I might have cleaned a little bit on the white side. Uh, because Smoothed there it out or the, taken out imperfections. Okay. Exactly no dodging was, and burning? Uh, no, I think it's mostly contrast. The dress uh, moving that, at the bottom that. front on the bottom left, yeah. that's totally natural through the plastic. Please, you did not brush that at all? Uh, no, but on the um, lower right of my camera, I placed a little... Um, um, I think it was Vaseline on the on the lens. Okay, to get blur. a blur, right? Yeah, so that's that little uh, on the on the bottom right. But otherwise, yeah, I cleaned a little bit, um, pushed the contrast, low vibra vibrance. I took out some vibrance uh, in this frame, and wow. I think that was about it. Yeah, I love I love this. 
I absolutely love this. So so let's talk generic here really quick before we wrap up. First of all, by the way, again, just a beautiful, beautiful shot. Um, Thank you. So creative, too, that you you saw it all in your head, including the plastic and then you and you being close and the F8 and the, the hanging the texture and color behind it. Oh, my gosh. Um, being in formal education, you're in your last semester. What is the best tip that you've gotten through formal education that you don't think you would have gotten had you not taken a formal class? I know that's a hard one. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, I think the best tip I got was to let our pictures rest uh, once we shot it, them, not to edit them. I don't them understand that. What does that mean? That means that when you shoot uh, a project, you just don't look at this project for the next two weeks oh and then you put it on lightroom and then you pick you make your edits uh so a fresh eye really useful yeah uh exactly i think that would be the best tip but maybe someone could have had the same one without a formal education so i don't know <laughs> yeah no i like that tip actually i have i have never i don't think i've ever heard i've heard it with stakes let them rest um, but I don't know that I've ever heard it with art and that's actually, uh, I I've heard it with, I'm in radio and somebody said to me when we air check ourselves and I tend to listen back on my way home from, from my air shift cause it's all in my head. And I've recently been suggested after 40 years in radio, no, 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 wait two weeks and listen back. Um, so that's actually kind of an interesting connection there. So thinking about photography as a whole and thinking about you're about done with your, your quote unquote formal education, unless you're going to go a uh, master's program or something like that. Are you? Uh, yeah, I'm planning. Same to. school. Nope. Where are you gonna go? Uh, I don't know yet. I'm actually in the process of uh, applying to school. Uh, you need a scholarship job. then people <laughs> get her a scholarship. Uh, but yeah, um, I'm hoping Paris. And, and what do you want to do? With your, your photography, do you want to be a fine art photographer? Or are you looking more to take that fine art fashion and turn it into more commercial work? I'm looking more into fashion uh, right now. Um, I'm actually applying uh, for grad school, but in um, the artistic direction more than photography. And um, so I guess we'll see uh, for the rest. Uh, I'm not quite sure yet what's the future is going to look like. Well, I, I got to say, when when they sent me your links and said, what do you think of, of Luis for the next Red River Paper education partner program? And I looked through your Instagram. I think they may have sent them to you. I kept going, here's one, here's one. And I, I sent them a list of photos that were possibilities because they kept jumping out at me. Really, honestly, you're, you're very talented young lady. I am very okay. impressed with your work. Uh, clearly photography, I said this with the last education episode too, but clearly photography is in fantastic hands, Luis. I thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Steve, for having me. It is absolutely my pleasure. I wish you luck in everything that you do. Before we wrap up, a couple of things that I need to let you know about. First of all, if you want to find Luis, her website should be live by the time this site goes live. It's LuisEisenhart.com, L-O-I-S-E. 
E-I-S-E-N-H-A-R-T.com. Her name as well is her Instagram feed. Check that out. And of course, she'll have social links on her website, I'm sure, as well. And do remember that the contest is starting now, our second Red River Paper Education Partner Contest. This time around, once again, we are doing 10 Red River Paper sample packs. And one of those sample pack winners is also going to get this image, a custom 13 by 19 print, courtesy of the folks over at Red River Paper. By the way, if you have not tried Red River Paper, you don't have to wait to win this thing, okay? You can go try Red River Paper anytime that you want to. And uh, we're going to do that. Now, as far as rules and stuff like that are concerned, they have changed a little bit. Uh, You can head up to BehindTheShot.tv on the main menu, click Contests. And you'll see the contest page for this contest. Here's basically the summary. If you want to enter on any individual social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, follow both Red River Paper, follow Behind the Shot. The links for all of those are on the website. Make sure that you follow BehindTheShot.tv. It is on Instagram or Twitter, Behind the Shot Podcast on Facebook. Follow Red River Paper and then do a post. And in the post, just mention you can win a a free Red River Paper sample pack courtesy of the Behind the Shot podcast. If it's Twitter or Instagram, include one of your photos just for fun. Might as well put it in there. If it's Facebook, you can do that if you want to, or you can use the preview for the link. So go to the website, get the link for the contest page, include that in any of your posts, make sure that you tag Red River Paper and Behind the Shot, and include this hashtag so that we can find you as well. RRP sample pack. Okay, pretty much that simple. Contest is going to go through the end of March. And if you need samples, go to the contest page as well. I have sample posts for each one of those on there. Again, to my guest, Luis Eisenhart, thank you so much for being on the show. I absolutely love your work. My name is Steve Brazel, the host of the Behind the Shot podcast. As always, if you like the show, make sure that you give us a review on iTunes. Make sure that you tell your friends about it. We've got a YouTube page. We've got the website. Hit us up anywhere, and you're always welcome to reach out to me through the contest, through the contact page on the website. I always use that and get back to everybody as fast as I can. Again, thanks so much for joining us. This is the podcast where we try and get inside the mind of great photographers by taking a closer look behind one of their shots. I'm Steve Brazel. We'll see you next time. 